for 12 years in a row. Ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. And we're privileged and happy to have you. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. Our 9 o'clock hour, our on-the-house hour. We spend the hour talking about something on your home, castle, or cabin. You have our home maintenance calendar, a free publication we mail out every year. We're talking water resources in August. We had a great broadcast on August 7th with the Arizona Farm Bureau talking about the water reduction and water management that uh, we've learned in farming over the years. We talked about a article we've we mentioned in Arizona that we're using the same amount of water today as we were in 1957 that's right and a big part of that is how we uh, irrigate our fields but the that's, also, with, that's with almost a tenfold population gain we're using the same amount of water pretty impressive and the yes, Smithsonian even had an uh, public published a couple years ago that Americans are using less water than we did in 1970. So it's not just Arizona as a whole, but America as a whole. We haven't really increased our water usage, but we've increased a huge amount of population. Well, Gary can testify to this. I mean, in the 60s and 70s, every dad was in the front yard washing their car. Yeah, I was doing that I, with my I, dad, too, I, and cutting I mean, the yard. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, everybody was hand-washing their own cars, you know. Uh, but it is interesting to think about water, and it's our topic we've been focusing on for the entire month. It's a finite resource. But the miracle of Mother Earth is that it is infinitely recyclable. I don't care how clean the glass of water you just drank was, you can all but guarantee it's been through a body's person, <laughs> a cow, a horse, a dog, a snake, a javelina, a bird. It has all been through the recycling process. <laughs> Finite source, but infinitely renewable. And it's renewable because 71% of the earth is covered by water, 2.5% is fresh, and of that, only about 1% is easily accessible, which is pretty impressive that only 1% of water, fresh water, uh, is accessible. And how, uh, how, you know, 1%, and there's 8 billion people on earth? Well, 1% of fresh water keeps 8 billion people alive. And well, growing. it's like our cousins say down in Louisiana, we, we may have the Cajuns to thank of a little bit for this be, because all they drink is bourbon and beer. <laughs> <laughs> By the time the water in the Mississippi River gets to New Orleans, it's been through an animal 18 times. <laughs> That's why they don't drink any water in New Orleans. <laughs> Oh, Some of those man. animals have been known to drink alcohol, though. Yeah, I that's mean, it true. is Louisiana. That's true. But, <laughs> but what we want to say in today's article is just because Arizona has had record monsoon season this year, it's not reason enough to take your eye off the ball. And if you've been following the news or saw any reports that you couldn't get away from it, uh, even the Wall Street Journal 
was reporting on the Tier 1 shortage that's happening at Lake Mead uh, that will reduce the amount of acre-feet of water Arizona can pump out. And Arizona farmers are going to get hit the hardest in Pinal County on cutbacks. We're going to have 512,000 acre-feet of water that we're not going to be able uh, to have access to. That sounds like a big shortage. It, it does sound like a big shortage. But, but, when, but there's a but. <laughs> there is a very big but here. I, and I haven't done the math on it. Okay. But what, when, <laughs> when we're talking about using 1% of the fresh water globally, yes. 512,000 of that 1% is, you know, a, 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 <laughs> it's not even a droplet of water, I think, <laughs> it, when, when done in comparison. But we wanted to talk about some of the things that you may do that you don't realize are using more water because water isn't necessarily a point of use item. Not always. That's so true. Yeah. How much of your cousin's bourbon, Dude, how much water did it water. take <laughs> to grow the grass in Kentucky <laughs> to get the bluegrass? How much in the distilling? How much in the That's true. the glass uh, creation of the, the bottle? And the ice. And, and the ice. <laughs> And the shipping, and, and the, the shipping. storing, and the moving. That took a lot of water to get that bourbon. So it's, it, it could be you know, looked at as using source resources from areas where you get more natural rainfall or water's more abundant than trying. And we've got a couple big picture ideas. We do. And, and some of these things would be absolutely impossible to calculate. Um, but it just... It broadens your perspective on water, and by just changing a couple daily habits, if we all did that, you know, the impact we would have is, is going to help keep us growing Let's, a population into the future. It's it, it's it's really and, and continue to not you know have statistics like this where we're using the same amount of water we did in it, 1957. It, and you know what's interesting about that statistic? We didn't have the CAP in 1957. That's right. That's like a that's like a desert life vein, babe. That's like a that's a the 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 founding fathers of Arizona really did do a pretty incredible job of planning water utilization and preservation. Um, I can see how people in the fifties and sixties could think that one day Arizona was going to have seven million people because they had vented air conditioning. But the guys that were thinking water storage, water retention in the late 1800s and the early 1900s, that's a a very encouraging dimension of human initiative. And it's just a, a, it's something to think about. So we, we want to talk this hour a little bit about encouraging y'all to think outside the box when thinking about saving water. And if you'd like to join the conversation, you can give us a ring at one 767 4348 My wife, sweet Jennifer, will get your name and number. We'll get you on air as quick as we can. Oh, and I do want to give a little advance notice. Uh, we're going to give Jennifer uh, her own regular segment in the show. It's going to be called uh, The Joys of Working with Husband and son at Rosie on the house. She's, she's, oh boy! <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a regular segment of the show. I thought it should be about how Rosie and 
Romy love working with Jennifer. Well, it could be. It could be that as well. well it but could it go is, the other way. Yeah, yeah. Right. The segment is going to be aging in place, and Jennifer has become certified aging in place specialist. So we're going to regularly be talking about things all of us need to be considering for ourselves and for our family and our loved ones. <laughs> so thinking outside the box on water conservation. Let's talk about just electricity. And you constantly hear advertisements for energy savings, energy savings, energy savings. Do this, and it'll save you that. Do that, and it'll save you this. And while a lot of those claims probably are true, um, I, no one ever drives the point home that energy savings is water savings. Our electricity is generated from water, whether it's hydroelectric at the dams or you're steaming water to spin the turbines doesn't matter the heat source. If you're using coal, natural gas, or nuclear, all they're doing is heating up water, turning it into steam. That steam under pressure spins these turbines that generate your electricity. Now, there are a few uh, electrical generation plants like uh, natural gas that are running combustion engines, but that's a very small percent of it. Most of it is still just heating water. So you can't have water uh, you can't have power without water, and you can't have running water to your home without power. <laughs> Which comes first? One one of the one point I'd like to bring up, maybe one more point to consider, appointing Rosie king of Arizona, is if you would all super cool your homes. Palo Verde nuclear power plant, virtually the largest power generating station we've got in Arizona. Generates the largest nuclear plant in the country. In the country, yeah. It produces 33 billion kilowatt hours, enough for 4 million customers. It consumes 74,000 acre feet of water in a year. And they do a lot of recycling as well. If they didn't recycle, it'd be a much higher number. Well, and that water is all reclaimed water. It from, is. It is. From the cities of Phoenix and Mason, Avondale, and Scottsdale. Every time you run your water and it goes down the drain, it's reclaimed, and that's the water. We're making electricity out of it. That's right. Palo Verde uses. So if everybody would super cool and take the peaks off the power demand of the grid in the hot summer afternoons, we would save the need to build another power plant until another Five million people got here. So that would be another reason to super cool, live more comfortable, better indoor air quality, lower electric bills, and delay the need for the next generation station. See, I, I should be voted king of Arizona. I don't want to be governor. I want to be king because, <laughs> yeah. okay, because I want to be a dictator. I, I, I don't. I don't want to. But you're known as the benevolent. <laughs> I want to be known. I want to be the benevolent dictator of Arizona. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So that's one more reason to to just consider uh, conserving your electric consumption. You're going to be saving water for the state by cutting down on your electric bill. You cut it down strategically. You're going to be cutting down the need to build the next power plant. These are all things we need to consider thinking outside of the box when it comes to that 1% of available fresh water on the planet. 
I'm never gonna stop the rain by complaining Because I'm free Nothing's worrying me I've always loved that song. The other night, I watched Butch Cassidy and the Sundance <laughs> Kid for the first time in like 30 years, and that's the song that's... That's all I can ever film. think of when I hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. yeah. And when that Riding scene came bike. on, yeah, it was great. And still a great movie. It is a great movie, and it's a great song. We're talking about water here at Rosie on the House, but before we get into it on a deeper level, I want to invite you to send us pictures, your favorite desert monsoon pictures. Monsoon from in, this year. In action this year. Man, there were so I, I've seen more really up close lightning strikes this monsoon than I've ever seen before. I mean really close. I mean like spine tingling close. Uh we're going to take those photographs and we're gonna Take a look at them and judge them. And Jennifer, we're going to award the winner some great Diamondback tickets. Yes, there are four tickets available for August 30th. So you have time to get yourself some little friends together. And uh, it's D-backs versus Padres at 640 on August 30th. And we have great seats. And a parking pass. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's worth winning these tickets just to get the parking pass. <laughs> I mean, I'm, talk about feel like a dictator. You, you, you walk up there with your big britches self and you man, you like you own the place. So sure the park, makes it easy, doesn't it? It does. The parking pass yeah. and four lower level tickets. You sat in these seats. I mean, they're right next to the dugout, right? You know, I don't know. Oh. Because um, the picture that our last week's winner sent us Were they from sat in the seat. Oh. It didn't look like it was the same set oh, from okay. uh, previous years. But it, it is still lower level um, by, uh, Close to the between field. the third and fourth mm -hmm. send uh, base. pictures of this year's monsoon in action to rosieonthehouse.com, and we will judge that. And it's going to be at the end of today's broadcast. We'll be awarding those tickets. The end. So get busy. Go go get in your photo library and forward us the shot that you think has a chance of winning. Best monsoon photo, monsoon in action from this year. One of the things the monsoon has caused, not only record rainfall, but I was talking to one of our air conditioning contractors, a Rosie certified air conditioning contractor this week, and she, she said, Rosie, um, a full 80% of our air conditioning failure service calls right now have to do with condensate. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm harvesting about 15 gallons of condensate every single day. My cantaloupe vine loves it. Um, if your air conditioner all of a sudden decides to quit running, there's a really good chance that the condensate line that takes the condensation off your um, condenser is plugged. And there's a little float safety valve there that will turn the air conditioning off so it doesn't still continue making condensation that will then flood your house. So making sure it ought to be on everybody's checklist when your air conditioning contractor 
does a preseason check for you in the early, late spring, early summer. They should be clearing out that condensite lane and line and making sure it's perfectly clear. But even with that said, with this much moisture, a couple little windstorms stirring up the insulation and the dust that ends up falling in the coils, that ends up dripping into the pan, there's a lot of things that can clog that drain. So it was interesting, I thought, when she told me 80% of all our calls right now end up being condensate related. So be careful about that. Back to our article of the week, thinking outside of the box when it comes to saving water. And we had Arizona Farm Bureau in on August 7th. You can listen to that podcast at rosieonthehouse.com and just draw, drive home the point that Food waste is water waste. It takes, you know, 70% is agriculture, and that's to grow our food. So if you're wasting food, you're wasting water. Uh, and we dive into a lot of great uh, things there. But as it relates to coming inside of our home, one thing that um, you may not think about, you may be showers. Yes, the water is running, but you're using, that's, you're generally speaking, your biggest use of hot water depending on how many people are in the home and you know what, what your laundry load's like. But you're using water twice. You're using water that's physically running over you in the shower, but the water that it took to heat the water, because you had to generate the electricity to heat the water, so it's actually a two-water use appliance. It's using the, air con- the, the electricity and the water generated for that, and you're using the water to wash yourself now here's what you can spend an infinite amount of time thinking about <laughs> if your water if, if your power is coming from palo verde is the water that's rushing over you that eventually gets end up used to generate the electricity coming back or to power your electricity for your hot water it's it's a uh, quite a closed loop right there and so how much water are you using so, Papa, how, how successful have you been in talking to your teenage daughters about not using hot water in the shower? <laughs> uh, uh, and and I, that's, you know, I say it all the time. I'd sooner give up my air conditioner than I would my water heater. I, if I can get a shower, I can be comfortable. All right. There you go. We'll be continuing the conversation on thinking outside of the box when it comes to saving water. And again... We'd welcome your your, uh, input to the conversation. Farmer Greg would refer to that as stacking functions. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. We're talking this particular hour about ideas we'd like you to think about. We're going to try and stretch your uh, uh, knowledge a little bit, stretch your mind a little bit. We're going to ask you to think outside the box in other ways that you can save water. There's lots of ways you can save water. Uh, in your landscaping and in your in your home in, inside consumption. But there's a lot of things. I mean, we need water 
to produce so many products. Like Romy mentioned, just the amount of water it takes to produce the food. You're wasting a lot of food? Well, you're wasting a good amount of water. And the water heater, every gallon of hot water you can cut down usage of, you're saving at least two gallons of water because it took at least a gallon of water to generate the electricity for the water heater to heat your water. So that's a multiplying effect factor. So when you can wash your laundry in cold water, turn the heater off in the washing machine. Think about those kinds of things. I'll tell you one of the things that just drives me up a wall is water in plastic bottles. <laughs> um, and it absolutely any, drives me nuts. Any single-use item is a waste of water because it took water to create that item, no matter what it is. Whether it, it even metal products, it had to be mined, manufactured, the electricity used to create that product. Any single-use item is a waste. I'm going to shove some serious guilt right down this microphone right now. <laughs> to all of you that are buying bottled water in plastic bottles on a regular, habitual basis, I want you to hear me out here on this really, really clearly. If you buy a one-liter water bottle, I need you to know it took twice the amount of water that's in that bottle just to produce the bottle. So you enjoying that one liter of drinking water actually requires three liters of water to get it. And that doesn't count the transportation. That's just manufacturing the stupid plastic bottle that you put. And what, what, what do they say? We recycle less than 5% of them. Mm -hmm. That's why you find so many of them in the curb when it rains, well, uh, even in the they, desert, on the trails, everywhere. Even when you get them delivered to the recycling plant, you have to have a buyer of that material. Yeah, right. If there's no buyer, it just goes to the landfill. Somebody has to be buying those plastic bottles and doing something with them. So you, we, there's not a demand for enough used plastic bottles for them to get recycled. Soda, they just end up landfilled. Soda pop bottles, <laughs> you know. Oh, just look at the drink aisle at the grocery store. It's lined <laughs> it's, it's, both sides with, with plastic, plastic bottles. bottles. And you go into a convenience store. Same thing. And same thing. So it's my desire at this moment of the show to push enough guilt out on the radio waves that the next time you're in a store and you're getting ready to buy something in a plastic bottle, you go into an absolute state of guilt paralysis. <laughs> you lock up. You start foaming at the mouth. You start shaking. And you walk away. Walk away. You know? Or, or you know, <laughs> like in the milk, a very good alternative, Dan Sizen does all their delivery glass, glass now. And so you just go to the next uh, aisle down and grab your grab your milk from there. I've been and you can, Oh, go ahead. Well, you can give those back to the store and get you know, the deposit. Recycle. You know? yeah. And it's not happening until the 24th, but there's an event um, in Phoenix that's at the yard from uh, the Recycling Coalition just talking about oh. the benefits of transitioning to glass and getting away from the back plastic. Back to glass. 
and just how recyclable glass is, and you can recycle it over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Ever since we had Dan Sizen on the show, like I think it was two years ago, yeah, I always have a half gallon of a Dan Sizen skim milk. I'm lucky guy; I can still drink skim milk and, uh, and all that um, in the glass bottle. Yeah, it tastes uh, it tastes better than anything it does. in the carton. It does. It, it's just fantastic too, and I get the two bucks back with the <laughs> deposit. And, that, and that's Gary D, our broadcast engineer. We're trying to invite him into the show. He's always got something valuable to add. The <laughs> color commentary. Color commentary. It takes twenty two gallons of water to produce one pound of plastic. So it takes a hundred and seventy six pounds of water to make one pound of plastic. Just end um, up in the landfill. I hope you feel so guilty. You actually break down and cry <laughs> like they, a little baby. You know, there's other ways to, to get people to do that. Just educate them, oh, you know. I like or you my, could stop like them in the parking lot and fuss at them for their practices. The next time I'm Another, walking down the Safeway aisle and I see somebody sitting don't down. Don't you dare. And they're crying on the floor. I'll go up and pat them on the <laughs> If they're foaming at the mouth, though, they, you might want to call a paramedic. I, I'm just saying. You want to uh, double check. Make sure. And it's not just bottles that we use a lot of plastic waste. Think about shipping and packaging. Oh, and oh. not just, uh, uh, but while we're still in the store, look at the frozen food sections. You know, not only is it a ton of paper, ton of plastic, but then it's got to be refrigerated. So it's taking more energy. I mean, that's a huge water siphon right there. And then uh, your your packagings that you get delivered to the doors and those deliveries, the the amount of waste that comes in packaging is just mind-blowing to me. And we're not asking civilization to turn back to the Stone Age. We're just bringing these things up for y'all to think about. They are very real things you can do to make a drip of a difference. And if we all make a drip of a difference, it's going to be a heck of a ripple. If we all save 10% of our water consumption a year, just in Maricopa County, if everyone in Maricopa County could save 10%, we would save enough water for another whole city of 1 million people. If we just could each save 10%, we could accept another 1 million people and not move our water consumption meter up one iota. Those are the kind of things we want you thinking about right now. And we briefly hit it last week. Donna didn't know we had this slated for this week. Uh, it just kind of came up organically during our conversation. When you're looking at your yard, you know, 70% of our water use, direct water use, you know, we've been talking indirect water That's use. That's right. Electricity, but our direct water use, 70% is in the outdoors, and we agreed, you know... Easy place to find 10% to save. That Easy place. Lawns are probably the biggest uh, violator of of water use in, in the desert. But a lot of people will think, okay, well, so I'll go artificial turf, but that doesn't, you know, then you have to start thinking about, you know, water use... To make indirect. It. You were talking about how many gallons it takes to make a pound. I don't know how many pounds of plastic are in a thousand square foot artificial turf, but it's primarily plastic. And then you've got, you know, the throwaway factor going back to the recycling aspect. 
they say it can be recycled. Well, that's great. Is it being recycled? Well, who's buying that used up artificial turf that's been out there for 10 years and turning it into something else? You know, there, there may not be the demand for that. So then it just, again, goes back to the landfill. Well, I'm think- not saying artificial turf is bad, but if you're thinking, okay, I'm going to a zero water use system, converting a lawn to an artificial turf, well, it isn't a zero water use system. And Donna's comment was City of Mason, I believe Tucson is the same way, converting live lawn to artificial lawn does not qualify you to earn any of the credits. If you convert a lawn to a zero escape, you can get all those credits. So artificial lawn is not considered by the industry as a low water consumption strategy. It is not a part of the zero escape strategy that is a very real workable strategy. And I won't get into all the design areas that I like artificial turf yeah. and landscapes and hardscapes. We're not saying it's a bad it's just expanding the frame of reference of, of water use. You're only thinking of it as point of view savings. You're not thinking about the uh, manufacturer side of things and the transportation and the install and the, and then the disposal of it. And in fact, we didn't cover this on air, but this one always tickles my funny bone. It's not pleasant to think about when you were talking about you know, water's been recycled and it's gone mm-hmm. through another plant or animal or anything. Las Vegas, their water allocation is 300,000 acre-feet of water that they can pump out of Lake Mead. They pump 600,000 acre-feet of water out. Okay. <clears throat> They're over-pumping. What are they double. doing with it? Are they just consuming it or are they stockpiling it somewhere? No. They can get away with that. Because they're returning 300 acre feet of water back into the. I hope not directly into in, Lake Mead. Yeah. <laughs> all, all the water in Lake Mead has been recycled through Las Vegas. Oh, man. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. And Las Vegas is upstream of everyone in Arizona that gets Colorado <laughs> River water. But a big way they've done that. Math. It's crazy math. It's crazy math. It's water math, is what it is. Is uh, they're incentives for getting rid of lawn is three dollars a square foot up to ten thousand dollars they'll pay you three dollars a square foot to get rid of your lawn i mean that's an that that almost pays for a landscape job done correctly it does and you know my i have to say uh i was very interested in converting my backyard i'm not talking like you know extravagant pizza ovens and hardscapes and outdoor (laughs) kitchens but if you're just ripping it out and putting rock on top, that pays for it. It does. One of my biggest concerns about artificial turf is sanitation. And I learned that lesson when the high school y'all all went to ripped out their live lawn football field and put in a complete artificial turf football field. And I went to uh, summer twice-a-day football practices. And half the team was in the end zone throwing up because they weren't in shape that they thought they were in. And I thought, okay, in a live lawn, um, there's microbes, there's little insects, there's all kinds of little things that are going to kind of self-purify. 
But how long does that sit on that artificial? <laughs> and then you start thinking about dog waste and everything else. Many people I know with artificial turf have an irrigation sprinkler system. <laughs> Tucking water savings, it always cracks me up the way they present the stories and try to hyperinflate the doomsday scenario, like this one from National Geographic talking about the Tier 1 shortage out of Colorado River. The first, it's the lowest it's been since the first time it was built in the 1930s, and this mega drought is the worst, it's ever, one of the worst in 500 years. So you're saying we've had drought before? Just as bad? Within the last 500 years, it's going to happen. That's why we've prepared for it with our lakes, our dams, our water conservation. And in fact, a report put out by the Arizona Commerce Authority says Arizona has the highest concentration of water experts in the country because we need it. So Arizona is the leading state for water conservation. And our goal today is just to change the perspective of not just point of use water consumption, but global use consumption. Water is in a cycle between liquid and gas and condensation, and we only have it in the collection stage is when we're using it and how to effectively use that uh, that great resource when it's in its collection it's liquid form that uh, we consume regularly and we've talked a couple day a couple items today we were talking about plastic bottles and Vaughn Payne of East Valley Floors sent me a text and we were talking about you know needing the demand for using that recycled plastic and Mohawk which is a flooring manufacturer had stated in a recent um, national flooring convention that Vaughn attended their new carpet that they're using 75 percent of it is coming from recycled plastic and they've diverted three billion plastic bottles out of the landfill so that's a great example of you know just not forcing regulations but letting the market come up with that solution because you know i've in this stack of paper i've got here some you know You've got plenty of opinion polls. Now's the time to regulate. Now's the time to restrict growth. Now's the time to uh, put limits on population growth. And now's the time we've got to furlough X amount of grounds of gardening. Well, you know, and then what? And that doesn't solve the problem. So we've got to find solutions. And that's what we're talking through today. Some bigger picture perspectives on just better water use management. And we've got a caller on the line, uh, Myrna, who wants to tell us about her uh, water-saving story. Welcome, Myrna. Hi, thanks. Um, we inherited, we bought our house about six years ago, so we just inherited, you know, the irrigation system we had. We just have a small patch of grass, which we've slowly, slowly been shrinking, but um, we recently redid our irrigation system, so I, I wanted to say to people, if you think it's, you don't want to spend the money on an irrigation system replacement upgrade modernization, it's, it will pay for itself very quickly. In the past, we had a water bill as high as $200. And then yesterday, I paid our water bill, and it was $68. From $200 to $68? And, uh... Yes. And I, will, and I will say, last month, the previous bill was 86 And that $20 difference is because with all this rain, we were shutting our irrigation system off. We weren't, sure. you know, watering the 
the garden and so forth, we were paying attention. But to go from $200 to at least 86 that yeah, that'll pay for your irrigation replacement. We knew we had pinhole leaks, and we suspected we had leaks, and that's another issue. It was kind of near the house's foundation, um, you know, that we couldn't get to. So, um, and, and the other thing we do is, any, if we replace any landscaping, we're going to replace it with something edible. Yeah, that, that is another great strategy. Myrna, thanks a million for sharing your story of success. On edibles, that's one that always blows my mind. We were going back to drinks. As you look at a glass of orange juice from Florida, I'm like, why are we shipping it from Florida? See, citrus. We're a huge citrus producer. Put a tree in your backyard. <laughs> why are we shipping with, with the success we have in citrus and desert? Why are we... Shipping it in from Florida, that one blows my mind. But you had mentioned the water cost. That's uh, something that's also amazing, too, is how cheap water is. I mean, the $200 for the water you said, I don't know how many gallons that is, and she cut it down to $68. But, I mean, your, your price per gallon is something that always blows my mind when you look at how we have to get water to our home. The fact that it's as affordable as it is, uh, which brought up this uh, article, Will the Looming Colorado River Shortage Raise Your Rates? Well, and if you're a City of Phoenix resident, you can expect a 6.5% increase. Glendale, a 4.3%. Peoria, 2.5%. Tempe, 5.9%. So you are going to start seeing a little uptick in your water bill. The only place water is really, really expensive is in them stupid water bottles you keep <laughs> buying. It's like $8 a gallon. That's the only place water's expensive. Quit buying the plastic you know, bottled water. Go go add up what it costs to buy a gallon of water at the grocery store or, or at a filling station. It's going to be more than that gas, oh, a gallon yeah, of gasoline. A, it's a lot more than the gasoline, that's for sure. Y'all stay tuned. We're going to be talking about water that falls from the sky in the next hour. What you need to do in this middle of the monsoon season to protect your roof and the surface drainage areas you're having trouble with in, about, and around your property. That's all next hour. Stay tuned, y'all.